Hello, and welcome back to Podcasting for Educators. I hope you are having a wonderful week. I've heard from some of you who are listeners that you really enjoy when I have on other podcasters so that you can hear about their experience with podcasting and how they are incorporating their show into their TPT or other form of education business. Well, I have got a good one for you today. I have on one of my clients, Rebecca Joyner. I like to refer to her as the batch queen because the girl can batch content like you have never seen before. And not just any content, but amazing content that supports secondary science teachers. Rebecca works 15 hours a week. I know, amazing, right? And is going to share all of her time management tips as well as how she batches her content. She's also telling us why she decided to start a podcast and how much focusing on creating free content for her audience has paid off. If you don't know Rebecca, she is a high school science teacher turned curriculum writer and founder of It's Not Rocket Science. She loves making creative and comprehensive science curriculum that engages students and simplifies teachers' lives. She launched her podcast, Secondary Science Simplified, in January 2022 and is passionate about doing exactly that, helping secondary science teachers simplify their lives with practical strategies and systems. Teaching doesn't have to be rocket science. Isn't that the best tagline ever? I love it. Let's go meet Rebecca. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators, the podcast that helps TPT authors and other online educators launch and grow their show. I'm Sarah, former elementary school teacher turned podcast manager, and I'm on a mission to help you get your podcast out and into the ears of those who need it most. Busy teachers, counselors, literacy specialists, SLPs, parents, and everyone in between. Each week, we'll cover quick tips, strategies, and podcast industry updates so that you can be on top of your podcasting game and gain some new customers along the way. Are you ready? Let's get to it. Hey, Rebecca, how are you? I am so glad that you're joining us today. I'm thrilled to be here. I love your podcast and I listen to it every single week. So now I just feel tickled that I get to be on it. (laughs) Awesome. I love hearing that. I always love when people I work with, my clients are listening to my podcast too. I love it. So I always love to start these kinds of interviews, hearing a little bit about why you initially decided to start a podcast. Like what was intriguing about a podcast to you in the first place? Yeah. So I, I've always loved podcasts. I just love listening to them whenever I can get my children to not force me to listen to Coco Melon or the line guard soundtrack in my car, I'm <laughs> listening to podcasts. And so in 2020, 2020 was kind of the year that I was like, this is not a hobby. This is a business. Like I need to get this everything in order. And so I did a lot of learning and training. And one of the commitments I made at the end of 2020 was, okay, so in 2021, I want to put out fresh new content weekly for my audience. I really want to serve them by always giving them free content. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to write a new blog post every single week. And I'm going to send an email to my email list every week, which was something I did not do at all. I was like, so scared to send emails because I was afraid of unsubscribes, which is silly. But so in doing that in 2021 and getting in that habit, 
I felt like every time I sat down to write a blog post, I was getting so long winded because I felt like I had to really preface every blog post with like a 3.5 paragraph essay (laughs) about it. So I didn't offend someone or like, so I could get my tone across. And every time I was writing a blog post, I was like, this would be so much easier if I could just talk to people and they could just hear my tone in my voice. And so then that summer of 2021, I launched my first professional development course called Secondary Science Simplified, which is now the name of my podcast. But part of the course, one of the bonuses was doing this Facebook group and doing these live Q&As. And again, it just further affirmed how much easier it was to communicate with my audience if I could just do it orally as opposed to in like a written format. And so then in September of 2021, I had two of my teacherpreneur friends come stay with me for a few days, Sarah Marie, who is a seller teacher company and Megan Poke, who's a literacy dive. And they both have podcasts and they both work with you. And they were like, Rebecca, this is what you need to do. You just need <laughs> to try. You just need to give it one year and see how it goes. And honestly, it was the perfect time to try it because I was in a season where I had some energy and I had some capacity, but I also was three months pregnant. And so I didn't want to start like a big new curriculum or something like that. Like when I was pregnant with my second, I I had just started this massive bundle and it was like the countdown was on the entire pregnancy. I finished like two days before she was born. She was born four days late, luckily. So like it was very stressful. And so this felt like the perfect new project to try that sounded fun. And that also felt like a, not a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, let's do it and let's try. And so that's when the secondary science simplified podcast was born. Yes. I love it. I can't believe it was back in September when we first connected. Yeah. That's literally like, oh my gosh. before they left my house. They made me email you. Yeah. I remember getting thing. a message from you. <laughs> I, or I DM'd you. Yeah. Cause that was the yeah. thing. I was like, I know in my current season and capacity, like if I'm going to add something, I need to have help. Like, I just want to be able to record and not do all the other things. And there were other points in my business. Well, most of my business, I did everything. I was like a one woman show yeah. and it wasn't until 2021 where I really started bringing people in to help me. And I was at a point at one point in my business where I was like, I need to learn everything first and then I can offboard it. But for this, I was like, I have no interest in learning how to edit a podcast. So yes. I'm just going to start with you. And I'm so glad I did. Yeah, me too. Oh my gosh. I love your podcast. Rebecca just launched in January. We are recording this at the end of February. So it's still very fresh and new and everything's going so well so far. I love the different points that you've touched on. I think I've heard this from a few people in terms of being able to switch creating content over to audio versus writing things out. And I love that you touched on your tone because it is so difficult to get that across when you're writing. And it's so much, do you find that it's more efficient too, to just be able to record than sit down and write a blog post, right? Yes, absolutely. And I'm, and right now all of my episodes are really based on blog posts I've already written, Yeah, but I find that it's so, it's just so nice because I can now write shorter blog posts. I was writing the longest blog posts (laughs) because I just like, couldn't, I just had so much to say. And now it's nice because I can take one blog post and make it like a four episode series on my podcast and really give a lot more examples and explain. I just feel like so much better. And it just, it's made, I'm still writing blog posts weekly also, but it's made that process so much simpler for me because I don't feel like I have to share all of the things because I know I have this other outlet to do that also. 
Yeah, absolutely. And now you just have that much more content and we can like with your podcast episodes, we link back to blog posts and now on your blog posts, you can link to podcast episodes. So it's just like this beautiful circle of content. And I love that you touched on how you can take one of those blog posts that you've already had written and you can pull out all of these ideas and make several episodes from it. I've heard from a lot of people recently, this is always a fear that people have is I really want to start a podcast, but I feel like I'm going to run out of content ideas. And they have this whole blog on their website. I'm like, I promise you, you will never run out of content ideas. Like, have you struggled at all so far to come up with ideas? Absolutely not. And I haven't been a full-time teacher for almost four years now. When my oldest was adopted was when I came home and started doing this. So it's not like I'm even like getting all this inspiration from being in the classroom with my students every day. There's just plenty to talk about. And I was nervous too, that my existing audience would be like, okay, but we read this. No, not one person has said, oh, I read this on your blog and now you're talking about it. Like it's different enough, even though it's the same kind of content Mm -hmm. and it's also bringing in new people. So I'm getting my audience is expanding. And then I'm also still serving my existing audience just in a different way. Cause now they have the podcast and the blog and the email list. And it just feels really good because all of my offers are really high ticket items. You know, my curriculum for full year classes and my course, like it's all several hundred dollars. And so I feel like the podcast is just another way that I can really build that know, like, and trust factor and people can get to know me. And especially I'm so excited for my next course launch this summer, because I feel like people will know who I am as a teacher and feel more confident going into the course or not, if it's right for them, because they can listen to the podcast. Yeah. I think you launched at the perfect time because you now have several months where you're bringing new people in. And then anybody who's been following you on social media or following your blog, they're just getting to know you that much more. And you've just created these, all these different touch points for people. So I can't wait for you to launch this summer and see how that goes and see how it compares to your last launch. I'm excited for that. I know. (laughs) So, and one of the other things you said is you were three months pregnant when we kind of first started talking And when you first started thinking about starting a podcast, and one of the things we're going to touch on in a minute is like, you are the batching queen. I am so (laughs) impressed with you. I'll like log into my email or my click up and I see Rebecca's like uploaded (laughs) like 20 episodes. I'm like, dang, how does she do this? Like, I just looked before we jumped on. And I mean, you have episodes that are going live in July already recorded, which is so amazing. You're not going to have to worry about it. You can take your maternity leave and not have to worry about recording podcast episodes, which is so amazing. And so in a minute, I want to jump into more specifics on how you batch. But before we get there, can you just tell us a little bit about your like weekly work schedule or daily work schedule, because I think you manage your time so well. You are like, (laughs) I've had, whenever I talk about you on Instagram, I have people message me like, oh, she is like hashtag goals. Like (laughs) I follow her and she's so awesome. So what does your schedule look like and how did you get there? Okay. Well, I'll share what it looks like currently, but it has changed. You know, it's changed in every season. When I started doing, it's not rocket science. I was teaching full-time and I didn't have any kids. So I was only working at nights or in the summer. Um, My husband was a lacrosse coach. That's actually why I started because I had all these nights where he'd be at like tournaments and things or practices and I'd just be by myself. So I was like, I'll make some resources. (laughs) Might as well make some money. (laughs) Exactly. So it's really evolved. And as I've added children to our family, it's had to evolve too. And also just my energy and capacity because 
you know, when my son, we adopted my son, I was able to work anytime he was asleep or at night. Even when my daughter was born, I was still doing a lot of nights. And now I just, I just can't do nights at all. So currently I work about 15 hours a week. I work when my two oldest, my my son's almost four, my daughter's two and a half. They go to preschool two mornings a week for about three hours. And then they have afternoon naps still. So I work during afternoon naps. So it adds up to about 15 hours a week, but I've had to be incredibly strategic because I have such limited time. And it really wasn't until 2021, the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021 that I actually even started hiring help. Mm-hmm. So I've just had to batch and I've had to be extremely organized. And honestly, I just had to make decisions. And one thing that's really encouraged me is I was in a mastermind and Neil Williams, who's like a life coach and a productivity person. Yeah. She talked a lot about, you know, especially with this free content, like blogs and podcasts and emails, like it doesn't have to be a plus plus effort mm-hmm. because they're not paying anything for it. And I'm definitely a perfectionist when it comes to my resources I make, they have to be perfect. Like if someone emails me about a typo, I'd feel borderline traumatized. I'm yeah. so sorry. And I have to go through and fix it immediately. But I feel like when you're doing this free content, it's so much easier for me to make a decision. Like I'm going to write about this. This is what I'm going to put out. And it doesn't have to be 1000% perfect. Yeah. And that just helps me like execute a lot of content. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's great advice. And especially if you are a perfectionist, like if you can do that, if you can just, you know, record and go and hand it off and say, this is it, I'm done. Then anybody can do it. (laughs) Right. And you have to just really, again, be decisive and just make decisions. Like I made a lot of excuses for a while that I couldn't do a content calendar because I didn't have time to learn how to use Trello or Asana or Monday. And then finally I was like, you know what? I'm really good at Google sheets. I'm just going to make a Google sheet. And It's not fancy, but I made this content calendar and I stuck with it all of 2021 and basically just has columns that are like the quarter, the month, the week. And then there's a column for what's the blog post going to be for that week. What two products are we going to feature on social media? Is there a certain lead magnet I want to feature on social media or in my emails that week? And then now we have the podcast little column too. And so basically I just go through and then as I have ideas or as teachers ask me questions, like I get so many emails. <laughs> email is, oh, I get a lot of emails, which is yeah, great. That's good. I love yeah. serving teachers. But if I get a question more than once, I'm like, it's got to be a blog post yeah. or it's got to be a podcast episode. And I just go in immediately to my content calendar and start typing in the ideas. Even if like, I don't have any space in my content calendar until October of this year, because wow. I've already had so many ideas filled in that I'll just be like, okay, this will work for then. Or I think about seasonal things too, of course, like what would my teachers be teaching this time of year? That's the kind of stuff I need to talk about. Yes. And so that's really helped. And then also like when I got my website designed, I made categories for blog posts. Mm. And so now that's basically all I talk about is things that will go into one of my categories. And that sounds silly, but if you think about it, there are probably five or six things that you're always talking about. And so basically all of the content I put out falls into one of those five or six categories. And I think that helps make decisions too, about all of the micro concepts you're going to talk about. And so I just fill in the content and then I, I, I run with it and it's been fun. So I got in a really good habit in 2021 of the first week of the month was always my batching week. So that was when I wrote every blog post for the next month. So if it was January, first week of January, I wrote all my February blog posts and emails that first week. And then I had the rest of January to do all my other projects or work on a resource or update this or whatever it may be. 
And so I got in a really good habit with that. And then that was helpful as I hired people because then, you know, my friend who does my social media posts, she has all the blog posts that are already, she knows, okay, we do a blog post on Mondays and Charity wrote it so she can pull some content out to put in the caption or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, I have someone edit my blog posts or for you, you edit my podcast now. Yeah. So I got about a month ahead, but then when I got pregnant, I basically was like, okay, I never had a true maternity leave. And I was like, this baby, I'm going to take a maternity leave. And so I just said, okay, the rest of this pregnancy, once I got through like back to school, crazy on TBT world, but (laughs) I was like, all I'm going to do is write content. And so September, October, November, December, all I did was write all of my blog posts and emails through July of 2022. And then come January, I just started batching the podcast. And so that's really been all I have done. I've not made a new product or anything like that. I've just written content and recorded content. I'm interrupting this episode to let you know of a resource I have created just for you. One of the most common questions podcasters ask is, how can I grow my podcast audience? My top answer is to guest on other podcasts. Think about it. When you're intentional about which podcast you guest on, you're getting in front of ideal customers who are also podcast listeners. So how do you land interviews that will give you big results? I've put together a three-episode private podcast series all about how to approach the podcast guesting strategy. You can access it by heading to podcastingforeducators.com slash private podcast. I'll see you there. Now back to today's episode. I think that the key point that you were talking about is simplifying things and like figuring out what works for you. That spreadsheet idea that I'm the same way. I love just a simple Google spreadsheet where I can track my content because you don't need it to be fancy. Nobody's seeing that, but you or people on your team, like there's no need to feel like you have to have this like beautiful content calendar. You can, if you want to, but you certainly don't have to. So I think keeping it simple. And if you're considering a podcast and you're listening, I would recommend what Rebecca was just talking about with frequently asked questions, like start a spreadsheet. Do I think you'll be actually, first of all, very surprised what will happen if you sit down for five or 10 minutes and just do like a brain dump of topics that you typically talk about and then start recording. Anytime you get a question from people, jot that down on your list of brain dump topics that you can speak on and pull from your blog posts. Like you will be amazed at how many topics you have already that you don't have to then recreate. You're just going to create a podcast episode and speak about it in a different way. The messaging might be a little bit different. So, and I don't, I think, don't think of like 50 to 52 ideas. Like that's where I started when I started batching the blog content in 2021, I wrote more blog posts than I had the first four years of my business because I started with just thinking of monthly themes. Yeah. Like, okay. In January, what would it be helpful? And then I took a theme and I subdivided it into, you know, a piece for each week. And I, I found that with my podcast episodes. I remember when we first talked, I was like, my episodes will be 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Don't and I was like, worry. okay. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, just kidding. I'm going to do a month long theme and there's going to be five episodes and they're all 25 minutes long because I have so much to say about this one thing. Yeah. And so I, I really think, and that'll serve your audience because it'll be more digestible chunks, especially yes. since this is everyone who's pretty much listening to you as an educator, yeah. you know, that commute to work, it's perfect for them if they have that smaller chunk. And so you can take one topic and divide into all these subtopics. 
Yes, absolutely. And if you if you are listening, you need to go listen to Rebecca's podcast, Secondary Science Simplified, and just listen to like how she structures her episode because I think that you do it in such a digestible way. And people, I mean, people have even commented like in your reviews and stuff how they love the length of the episodes. And because it gives people, I always like to say in your episodes, give people a quick win. Like don't have this episode and then people by the end are confused on like what kind of action to take or how they can then like implement what you're talking about. Just really that idea of simplifying things, simplify, simplify, simplify. You will be amazed at how you can take one topic and stretch it out into an entire episode. So thank you for all of those amazing ideas. So going back to, you said you work 15 hours a week, which is amazing. Like I, I want to be you someday. How do you structure that? Like, how do you structure those hours throughout your week? Okay. So what I do is every month I think of a big rock or a theme for the month. So like, what is the overarching goal of this month? And, or I try to narrow it down to like three or four medium size you know, rocks for that month, one per week. So I like to have like a theme for the month. What's the goal? So maybe this month, the goal is I am making an entire unit for this full year bundle I'm doing, or, you know, thinking of content for this month, I'm batching my quarter one podcasts. That's Mm -hmm. what my whole goal is for the month. And then what I do is I sit down on Friday afternoons during nap time, because that's the last time I'm going to work until the next Monday nap time. And I have a really simple notepad and I go ahead and I subdivide every day and time block I have. So I know I have Monday nap time. I have Tuesday while the kids are at preschool, Tuesday nap time. And I write down what I'm going to do. And so then when I sit down on Monday, there's no decision-making like the decision fatigue is over. I just flip to the new week of my to-do list. And I say, okay, this is what I have to do today. I have to check my email. I'm going to outline this podcast and record this. And then I just do it. And I think that's what I just really want to encourage people to do is to be decisive and just to be okay, just plugging forward. And I just want to encourage you that it is possible. I'm a type a recovering perfectionist. And so the fact that I can even say this and just, you know, get this stuff done, I'm telling you, you can do it too. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I I do a similar thing to you. I definitely work more than 15 hours, but I always, either at the end of the week or the night before, I always plan out my next day. Usually I have the whole week kind of planned out, but I think that is a huge, huge piece of advice is being able to wake up. And when you sit down in your computer, like you don't have to make any decisions. You know what you're going to do because that can be a huge time suck. If you're just kind of like clicking through all of the possible things that you could do, knowing that plan already is a game changer. Well, and I think as entrepreneurs, a lot of us are really creatively minded. And so we, we do want the flexibility of like, I don't feel like doing a podcast today, or I don't feel like making a resource today, but I just know for me in this season, like, I don't have room for like flexible, creative thinking. I have to just do what I can do in the time I have. And, you know, maybe when my kids are all in full-time school and I have much more time on my plate, I'll be able to be more flexible. Mm -hmm. But for now, that's kind of how I do it. And then you also just have to think about your capacity. Like, yeah. I know on Monday afternoons, I've been with the kids all morning and you know, it's a Monday. So Mondays are hard. So I'm not going to put something super strenuous on my Monday afternoon block. I'm going to do something that I know is kind of life-giving. And then Tuesdays, you know, 
I've drop kicked my kids off at the preschool pickup line and I've got no my time. coffee and it's like, <laughs> let's do the most productive thing on Tuesday morning or the hardest thing to tackle type thing. So yeah. really just considering your capacity and where you work best. And I really like doing it on Friday afternoons too, because then I don't have any like Sunday scaries. Yes. There's no like thinking through, okay, well, what am I going to have to do tomorrow? It's like, I, I don't even need to think about it. Cause when I walk in my office, I'll just look and see what's written down. I'm just going to do that. Yes. Yes. I love it. Was it hard? This is kind of like off topic a little bit, but was it hard for you to make those first hires to like give away that control? Yes. Yeah. 150%. And, yeah. but I will say I've learned so much in the hiring and I don't like to say firing yeah. the hiring and letting releasing. go. <laughs> yeah. Process of, yeah. you know, what, And I learned a lot about myself as a leader because, you know, I didn't go to business school. I've never taken one management course, right? you know, so a lot of the faults and I would, I don't want to say issues, but you know, reasons why I didn't work out with people, you know, a lot of that was on me. I didn't clearly communicate the role or I didn't even know what I wanted. I think a lot of us, we've done all of our business all by ourselves, And then we wait until we're completely drowning to hire help. And so then we don't even know we don't even know how to communicate what we need. We're just like, right. we need help. Like throw me a life raft. And, you know, so now and the I'm person so you much... hire is like, what am I supposed right. to do? Yeah, exactly. And so I just think, or I, I know for me, I know what I don't like, but I don't necessarily know what I like, how to tell you exactly what I want sort of yeah. thing. And so I've, I've just learned so much over the last year and a half and my team, so to speak, you know, right now is really small. I really only have four stay-at-home mamas that each work a handful of hours a month. And it's a small crew. I've really, it's changed. Like it looks so different, but it's what I can manage right now. And again, your capacity might be different if you love managing people. And if you love that social aspect of the job, like I really wanted a team that was small enough that I can trust you just to go and do your thing. Yeah. And then, you know, we work together. And so and that's been really life-changing too, is to have a team I can trust, but it has taken time and mm-hmm. it takes giving a lot of feedback to get to the place, like, especially for social media, for instance. When I originally hired out my Facebook and Instagram page, I hired a marketing agency and it felt so impersonal. It didn't mm-hmm. matter how much I told them about who I am or my voice. It just didn't feel like me. Yeah. And so then I hired my best friend who yeah. talks how I talk. And so perfect. Exactly. And, you know, she took over and I have the whole content calendar. So I tell her, you know, the topic for the day and she has my words and she has the pictures I get done by a branding photographer. So it feels so much more like me. And then I'm still able to do like the DMS and the stories and stuff like that. But yeah, I just think figuring out what feels best to you, but it is hard to trust. And you do have to just accept that you will make the wrong choices and you will have to fire people and that's okay. And you'll learn from it. Yeah. It's all part of having an online business. I love talking about like business topics on here too. So maybe I'll have to have you on again to talk about this specifically, because I think it's, I think it's such a great topic and one that I think a lot of people would benefit from hearing about. You did a presentation in a virtual summit recently, and it was just awesome on this. I learned a lot. My husband is a small business coach. So he has like walked me through his whole program and I've just learned so much from him. So I love talking all things. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. (laughs) Okay. So you just gave us so many good suggestions. I am obsessed with kind of the schedule that you've built. And I just, I love it. So let's go into 
your podcast because like I said, you launched in January. So it's been almost two full months. So tell us how is it going so far? What do you love about it? Is there anything that's been really challenging for you? And what kind of impact have you seen so far on your business? Man, it has been so much fun. My um, I think I I I don't know if I mentioned this, but my theme for 2020 was like it's a business, not a hobby. Like, yep. Get your life in order. My, <laughs> I got like a bookkeeper, you know, I was like, we got to do this. In 2021, my theme was when in doubt, hired out. And so I, I hired and fired a ton of people in 2021. I made a lot of, I had a lot of expenses. I made a lot of investments. I just tried a lot of different things. Yeah. And then my theme for this year is do what is fun. And the podcast has been like an encapsulation of that theme. Cause it is just fun for me. Like I'm actually really sad. I only have one more episode to record. And then I'm done until, you know, July. Yeah. And I'm sad because it's just been so much fun before my maternity leave. But I just have loved connecting with my audience in a new way and being able to communicate and serve them in a new way. And I've really loved the conversations I've been able to have. I've had so many people reach out in DMs or in emails that have listened to this episode or that. And they feel like they know me better than they did before. And thus they're opening up more about their experiences. And we're just having really great dialogue, which I really, really appreciate. And then I would say results wise, you know, I'm a former science teacher, so I don't have a lot of quantitative data yet to back up the results, but I do have a lot of anecdotal evidence of what I feel like I've gained so far results wise from the podcast. And the first thing I'll say is I have not made a new product or resource or done a big update since July of last year. I also stopped doing all paid advertising because again, I really wanted to simplify this year. I wanted it to feel more fun. I wanted to manage less people. I wanted to have less people I had to keep up with during my maternity leave. So I just kind of cut all of that out. And so really all I've done the last like six to eight months that I've you know, been pregnant mainly is I have put out free content through the podcast, through blogs, and I've done some seasonal freebies for my email list and that I've shared on the podcast too. So that's basically been it. But results wise, I've still beaten every month revenue wise from the previous year. So if I compare February, 2022, I've already surpassed February, 2021. And then so many, again, emails and DMS with teachers that's felt super personal, which I love. And then isn't that the best feeling when you hear from somebody who's listening? It's the best. It really, I'm like, oh wait, there are people out there that like yeah. listen to this, which is it's so not just me talking into yeah. a microphone and maybe my mom's listening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't even think my mom listens. She's like, you're alive. Mine either. But- <laughs> my mother-in-law listens. I was going to say my dad, listening. I could totally see my dad like binge listening, but anyway. Yeah. Oh, but another thing that was really encouraging during the February TBT sale, I had six people specifically reach out and email me that they from the sale, they purchased this primetime product I have because they heard me talk about it on the podcast. And yes, that's only six people. It's not like an insane amount of money, but I'm like, if six people took the time to email me, how many more people maybe have done that, that didn't just also tell me that they did it. And so I'm just super encouraged just to see that direct connection there. And I'm really excited just for the long-term data. And mostly I'm excited for my course and just to see how that goes. Cause it's like, if you enjoy this podcast, then you're going to love the course. I mean, they have the same name. The whole point of the course is just the really practical hands-on, let me give you some stuff from the podcast. So I cannot wait to see how that goes. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's just such a testament to how powerful free content really can be. You know, I think sometimes from a 
creator's perspective, from a business owner's perspective, it's like you feel like you're spending so much time and sometimes money because you're you have people who are helping you create this stuff that you're putting out for free. You're not selling it, but it pays off so much because there is specifically with your podcast, especially there's something just so I'm always hesitant to use the word intimate, but like it is, it's intimate and it's personal and you feel like you get to know someone in such a different way than through an email or on social media, you know, you've got them in your ear, you've got them in your ear and it's just like, it builds this whole new relationship. So I love to hear that it's really paying off for you between your freebies and your blog posts and your podcast episodes. I love hearing that. And I know that that'll be really helpful for other people to hear that it really is worth it to spend some time creating that free content, especially if you already have this full library of paid resources. Totally. Like if I'm loving this experiment, my goal is to see if this year I can make as much money as I did last year, but may, I basically majorly cut my expenses down because I won't be doing really any paid marketing this year. Yeah. And instead I'm just serving. So I'm really excited to see how just serving and just giving out free content compares to a year where I did do a lot of paid advertising and things like that. So it's a fun experiment. And again, it's fun because I can't wait to see what happens, but it's fun because I just enjoy it. Like this is way more fun for me <laughs> to record podcast episodes than to be inside Facebook business manager, you know, oh my gosh, updating yeah. my audiences and ripping my eyeballs out because I... <laughs> If I could never log into Facebook business manager again, I would never because it's the worst. So yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I always say this, like, I think that I know that it's not necessarily like measurable, but like fun. Don't, don't downplay that. Like that is something that's really important. You need to have things that feel fun in your business. I'm the same way, like doing my podcast interviews and recording podcast episodes and hearing from people who are listening. That is like, that's what I love. It's amazing. Oh, and I love, I didn't even mention that. I love the people I've gotten to talk to. Yeah. Like the people that I've been able to interview so far right now, I'm only doing, you know, one interview a month just because of my capacity. And also like people are probably weirded out when I'm like, I would love to interview in January for a <laughs> July podcast episode. They're like, okay, you weirdo. But I'm so excited. Like I have, you know, me, I already have all these things planned out, but I'm like, I want to have a guest every week in August as like a special back to school theme. And it's been so fun to talk to other people and to also serve my audience by letting them hear from other people and just to build those relationships because, you know, you may feel like it's competitive, but really it's not, it's collaborative. And I love for my audience to get to hear from other people's voices. And at the end of the day, I want to serve teachers and I want them to purchase from someone that they want to purchase from. Yes. So I don't feel like weird about bringing potential competitors on my podcast or anything like that. And I've learned a ton. Like I've loved every interview I've had so far. It's been so fun. I love that. And especially like not being in the classroom anymore, you probably miss, I know I do. I miss that like collaborative aspect of working with people who, you know, enjoy the same kinds of things that I do. And so having those guests on who are in a similar space or the same space that you are, it's amazing. It's so fun. Guest interviews are so fun. Yeah, it's been great. And I've so far, I've been able to also every person I've interviewed is still in the classroom full time. And so that's something I'm also really grateful to be able to offer my listeners because I I understand that I like to say I'm on an extended maternity leave because I really do hope to go to the classroom in yeah. some capacity one day, but I don't know what that looks like. All I know right now is three kids in daycare makes <laughs> zero sense on a teacher salary. So yep. this is where we are right now. And I love this business. It's my dream job. So 
maybe one day I can balance both. But I also understand that there is something different about someone hearing from someone who's teaching full-time and in the trenches, especially in this mid post pandemic, however you want to phrase it. Never ending. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So I'm able to serve my audience that way too. And not just say like, you know, don't just hear it from me sitting at home in your earphones telling you to lighten up in your classroom, like hear it from this person too, who's in there alongside you in the season. Oh my gosh. Yes. So powerful. And something cool that you do with guests, at least like I'm thinking about your episode actually hasn't gone live yet, but you tie in your guest with like your theme for the month, which is a really fun way to do things too. Yeah. It's been, it's been fun because I've made a list of just people I want to talk to. And then I've also made a list of people who I'm like, this person really knows what they're talking about with X, Y, Z. And so then again, as I've done my content calendar, I move people around all the time or, you know, some people haven't even asked yet (laughs) that I'm going to be asking, but it's fun to think like, okay, like for instance, this month of February, my theme was balancing multiple preps. And so I had all these different categories for grading and planning. But then at the end of the day, I've only had five preps max that I've had to courses that I've had to prepare stuff for. And so there, there's always someone like, well, I have seven. And so I was like, you know what, come on, bringing in someone (laughs) who's had seven. And so it's been good because it kind of fills in those, those gaps that, you know, I'm not an expert on or you know, I've only taught so many science subjects. I haven't taught every science subject. So I'm excited in August, I'm going to bring in earth space teacher. You know, I'm going to bring in a teacher that's taught physics, which is not the course that I've taught. And so I just, I'm really enjoying being able to serve my audience. It just feels good. Mm-hmm. And I know for a lot of educators, you know, you started as a teacher, not a business person. And so yeah. it just feels good to be doing things to help. You feel like you're teaching again. Like there's something about recording a podcast episode where you actually feel like you are teaching again, which totally, you know, it's a different feel than writing a blog post. So, Oh, I love all of this. Thank you so much. As we wrap up, I love to ask my guests who are current podcasters. If you had one piece of advice for someone who's listening, who's considering starting a podcast, what would it be? I think it can feel overwhelming to think about all the things that are going to go into putting out a podcast, but there's so many things that go into putting out a blog, or Mm -hmm. there's so many things that go into putting out a YouTube channel. And so I think it comes down to deciding what sounds the best in the current season and capacity that you have, and then deciding, is there a way that I can do this and bring someone in to help me so that it's really manageable? Because I, I mean, I've thought about doing a podcast for several years. But again, I just didn't have the capacity to learn the tech behind it or all of these things. And so I I had to get to the place in my business where I was able to bring you in to help me to execute it. And I think that made all the difference. So I just would really think about what sounds the most fun. What's a way that you can serve your audience. If a podcast sounds like a fun way to serve your audience, then just try it and try it for a year. That's what Sarah Marie told me. She was like, Rebecca, I think you should try it for one year and see how it goes. And if after a year, you're like, I don't have the data or this doesn't feel worth it, then, you know, it's not the end of the world. And that content will live on, on Google for all eternity. It's not a waste. Yeah. And so I think that's another thing to be willing to just try something for a year and see how it goes. That's kind of been the theme of my business. Yeah, absolutely. That is so good. So much of this stuff is an experiment. So you have to pick and choose. You have to make those decisions. What feels good to me? What feels fun to me? And if it's a podcast, you know, I'm on board. I think you should totally try it out. You really don't have anything to lose. And like Rebecca said, if anything, and you stop, you've got this content out there that lives on. So that is perfect. 
Thank you so much for being here. This was such a fun conversation and I think it's just filled with so many great takeaways. So thank you so much. Happy to be here. If you have any questions or takeaways from this episode, send me a message on Instagram at podcasting for educators. I'd love to hear from you. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes at podcastingforeducators.com. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Bye for now.